and welcome to the Moonwise Lunar Forecast for December 7th through January 5th, 2018. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and today we'll check in with Susan Lipschitz of Everyday Medicine Woman as she takes a look at the upcoming month and gives us her take on the astrological, lunar, and collective energies that we're experiencing. Before we begin, I want to share a big thanks to our brand new Patreon subscribers, Rachel Lee Dulac, Mia Selders, Kate Beckus, Nicole Gavin, and Anne-Marie Hoosman. And thank you so much to our ongoing supporters on Patreon. All of you make it possible for the Moonwise podcast to be produced each month. I'm so moved by your support of this women-led alternative media, and I'm so excited to continue to grow this beautiful community in 2019. Okay, on with our lunar forecast. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. My pleasure. Always my favorite time of the month, as we say as women. I truly can't believe that it's already been a month since we last spoke, but here we are and we are going to be talking about our last lunar forecast for the year of 2018. So I'm really excited to hear about how this year will be closing out and moving into the new new year, basically. Absolutely. When I was sitting down thinking about that, uh, it was uh, interesting to reflect on that, that the next time we we speak about the new moon will be on the 5th of January and it'll actually be an eclipse. So uh, uh, this is uh, definitely, I think, a, a really uh, beautiful kind of moment that I truly think will will allow us to f- have a felt sense of rising again, you know, of a little bit more buoyancy and optimism. That sounds great. And kind of maybe, yeah, a little bit of a relief from the intensity of what we've been working through over the past couple of months. Yes. And when you think about it, it it's absolutely been a year of the retrograde. I mean, we've had such significant, like, um, uh, you know, this relay race of every time one goes direct, then the next one goes retrograde. So this new moon is on the 7th of December. This will be uh, 15 degrees in Sagittarius. And Sagittarius is the ninth sign of the zodiac. Sagittarius is at that point where it's saying um, it's seeking to know, it's seeking knowledge, it's seeking understanding. It's putting together a sense of what do we know, what is our truth about life and about um, wanting to learn, always wanting to be the student and in that sense wanting to be the teacher. Um, and what I mean by is aspirationally. So it's not at the ego level, it's that it's just always um, interested in learning and that curiosity about learning and what we what we strive to understand in that way. And in that sense carries us into winter because during this time from the 7th of December, when we um, have that next new moon on the 5th of January, we'll have already celebrated um, the solstice, Hanukkah, Christmas, I mean, whatever you celebrate, whatever those lineages are, they're all about light. They're all around miracle. They're all about that telling the story of coming together and um, all around fire, all around light um, in that in that sense of emergence and, the, and, as I say, of faith and finding whatever we call to be our North Star or what guides us. And so, and then, of course, we have the new year and that you know, turning of the page of the calendar, even though we all may celebrate when years um, come to a close and open up. So in that sense, with Sagittarius, it really mirrors really beautifully um, in this new moon time, this sense of the recalibration. And as we always use the new moons to um, plant seeds, 
that we want to think about with the um, ending of the Mercury retrograde cycle just hours before, it finally releases us from the restrictions and the twerking of all these retrogrades. We were talking before we started today of just saying, you know, when do we finally feel like we're out of the woods in terms of some of the, the impacts of making decisions with a sense of understanding that with these retrograde cycles in particular, you know, Mercury always does this, um, gives us some concern about making long-term commitments. And so this new moon finally gives us a little freedom to say, okay, uh, we're starting to get some clarity about where we've been and where we are. So with this in mind, it's an especially interesting new moon in Sagittarius because Sagittarius has those key words of hope, future forward, dreaming, inspiration. It's interested in a bigger picture. Um, and to some degree global, as some of the other um, signs do. But this one has to do with a sense of through, through experiences of life we come to know the truth or through uh, understanding start to develop. So they're saying, even with Sagittarians, there's a saying of um, strangers are friends we haven't met yet. Sagittarians are so interested and curious about um, meeting other cultures and travel. And that's why we talk about higher knowledge, um, having our own interests. It would be like rather than being born into a particular um, uh, religion or a particular philosophy of life, Sagittarius wouldn't necessarily uh, challenge it as much as it would say, I I'm growing bigger than that. Or I would like to know about how other people see the world and how they live and what the customs are and what the foods taste like. So it's kind of like an Anthony Bourdain, you know, casting its ship out into the, into the four directions to understand how the world really moves and how we feel from that sense of um, shared experience and then the uniqueness of that within ourselves. So it's really a beautiful sign in that way. And um, what, what really animates this even more is that we talked about Jupiter right after the last new moon. It didn't get its full due because we had, you know, with the Venus retrograde and then Mercury retrograde, we were just kind of keeping our heads above water, so to speak. Jupiter is uh, really got a lot of uh, notoriety in a sense that it, it can give a sense of, of enhancement of abundance and prosperity. Like we talked about, it makes everything bigger. So when it was in Scorpio this past year, it made it went into the underworld of all that we never talk about and brought that up. Now that it's in its home sign of Sagittarius, you know, it's really important to be optimistic, to be future forward, to be now thinking about um, how would we like the year to blossom? What, what um, seeds do we really want to plant as it relates to a broad brushstroke on our life or the visions that we have, the dreaming that we want to return to. And so that we're going to have the year just to, to feel the, the beautiful kind of enhancement of that. Now it does mean it does make everything bigger. So that can be including our bodies. So we kind of have to look at that a little bit as well. Um, but uh, as it relates to that overall, I think given the intensity of what we've been, the terrain we've been walking with, it invites us to look up a little bit, you know, instead of having that kind of look down to make sure we're not walking into any holes, it, it is inviting us to look up. And I think what, for those of us, you know, who think about whether you are, have heavily features of, of Sagittarius in your chart, or you know Sagittarians, or you are Sagittarian, um, there's, they, they have a very, 
optimistic um, kind of energy to them. They're a fire sign. They're a mutable fire. And so mutable signals um, flexibility, adaptability. And that is going to be really important right now as we end the year and as we move a little bit forward, because we are not where we were. We talked about the turning point um, last time when we when we talked together. And we this at the end of all of these retrogrades, we truly are going to find, you know, like we need a minute to look around and go, where have these energies taken us? So if we were on a boat, you know, or a ship, we talk about looking for land during the day. And by night, we might look at stars. So kind of the sun by day, and where is the sun? And by night, we might look at where are the constellations of the stars? How well do we know those? And what, how are they guiding us or directing us? So, you know, kind of with that in mind, um, that that adaptability of going, wow, I'm not where I thought I'd be, or I'm not where I thought I was going, but I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. So again, we look at time from a mystical or a quantum field kind of level, and we get more in touch with our star map as opposed to, let's say, our latitudinal as it relates to our physicality, because we are beings of the stars, you know, all the lineages and mystical levels talk about that we come from stars and we return. And so there are many prophecies. A lot of these books came out, I think, around the um, Celestine prophecy. What was that, around 2000 or something? But there are a lot of channeled material around us, uh, also the Palladians and, you know, different material around um, uh, information that is future forward informing us about how to. Um, create these evolutionary growths around how do we get in alignment with our something that's inside of us that doesn't want to be so attached to the everyday, but wants to understand, like I say, in a much bigger way, what's important to us, whether it's as a culture or a collective or deep inside of our hearts, and that that will inform our day-to-day decisions, sort of that you know, that paradox. So again, that speaks very much to Sagittarius because again, Sagittarius really talks about the the impact of being connected at a much bigger level and then how much it can we can source a light deep inside of ourselves from that greater knowing that we are one. Um, one in our own unique, diverse way, but a sense of connectability. Like if we were um, stars in a constellation, we would know that there was a rhythm to the constellation and there was a form to the constellation. And um, it all had its own kind of mythic story. So, you know, just in that in that way. So if we're looking at our star map a little bit and we go, okay, I got to figure out my coordinates of where this year took me and literally, you know, all those ways that it wreaked havoc on us and it also challenged and taught us. Um, If we take a break for a minute in the Sagittarius new moon and we just go, I just want to dream for a minute, you know, I just want to be a little bit more at a spiritual level and I want to um, kind of invite a sense of a reorientation around what did this whole year teach me? And you know, I know we're all feeling a little bit of the, like, if we look down, we go, oh, yeah, I definitely have some bruises and some nicks and some, you know, kind of impact um, in one degree or another, emotionally or, or wherever that might be physically. But we also look at what was the greater teaching. 
And so that's something that we might want to do a little musing or reflection upon as we're sitting in this new moon. This is also, for anybody, we've talked at different times about the value of doing um, vision boards that we might have done earlier in the year, especially in the spring, or different kind of journaling that we did. If you have them, I would really encourage you to bring them out and just take a look at them and look at them not so much from as an evaluation You know, save that maybe at the end of the year where you kind of look at how much really happened that I, and and how did it happen in mystical ways that I didn't anticipate or the essence of that. Because there's another thing where you might look at it now and go, you know, there's some things that I put on there that I was so set on that I might look at now and go, gosh, that isn't as relevant for me now because of everything I've been through. So I think it would be interesting without any judgment, um, but just to look at the vision board, look at it as a mosaic look at it as a mandala, look at it as an interesting story that you put together, and who put it together, what part of you, and are you still connected to her, or or do you feel like life has shifted you, because we've talked about, particularly with the Venus retrograde, that we're forever changed, it's just because of the depth of it, we're not quite sure. If we start to look at all of the intentions that we set at the beginning of the year, or we look at um, these vision boards, like I say, or journal entries, or even some stories that we wrote, you know, to try to understand ourselves, um, we might see through them and into them. And also they might reveal, yeah, we're completely in sync. So whatever it is, they just look at that as, as we say, Sagittarius loves to do, which is to learn, to grow and to create some knowledge out of the information. It's also going to be with us for until December of next year. So it's it's got, I think, again, that uplifting positive vibration to it that we like an like an initiation into more light. So I kind of feel like, um, again, if we could imagine that we were walking up a mountain or we've been certainly walking up a mountain and falling down the mountain quite a bit. And I'm not really a good uh, mountain climber, even though I'm a Capricorn. So it's been especially uh, uh, difficult experience for me. But um, if we were at top of that and we could look beyond the everyday and we could look like we had a vista and we could look and go, oh, wow, this is where we came from and this is where we're going. And not only through this year, but just even that bigger feel of the star map and our um, lifetimes even, you know, the course of our life and then lifetimes. It's just got a really big um, kind of feel to it that then can give us the inspiration and give us the bigger um, understanding or the vision to have greater faith in ourselves. And I know that, that, and also have faith in mystery, because a lot of times the only way we get through things is because we've had to have faith in the unknown, which we talk a lot about. But in in the um, time of the Sagittarius new moon that brings us through to the new year, this is a time of all the stories talk about, right? Like we find the miracle of, of the oil that kept the light going in Hanukkah or the miracle of the North Star or, you know, the, the, the all the different mythic stories and uh, ancestral stories that's that we retell over and over about finding the light in the dark. And this is also a time where we need, especially when those of us might feel some impact about seasonal depression with not having external sunlight around us, that we need to forage and we need to cultivate light in our lives, whether it's light boxes, whether it's doing meditations on light, making sure we have fires and candles and, you know, just all ways that we're really just 
just making sure that we're having exposure to inner and outer light. So we're, we can get afraid of the dark, but more when we see that this is a beautiful kind of opportunity where we develop that relationship with the dark and with the light. So with that in mind, we think about as the, you know, kind of the days grow shorter and we have that experience with darkness that we um, utilize it as an opportunity to say, well, how do we merge with that? And then how do we provide ourselves with an inner and an outer light? So that again, gets into, you know, spiritual elements of when we talk about faith and trust and, and um, creating our own sense of light, Sagittarius will really facilitate and help us. But if you think about how still the sky is in the night, it's colder to be outside in the night sky, but a lot moves deep within what appears to be still. There's such a beauty to the moon phases in winter and and the moon phases and being able to say see the stars in that really still dark, you know, night sky because the, it's it's a longer night. So in that way to really just bundle up a little bit if you're in the colder um, parts of our our country and um, our, our Canadian friends and go out into that night sky and, uh, and see how bright and beautiful it is and to really connect with that that is our origin and that is our where, you know, from that, again, quantum physics, that that, that, that uh, is an origin story right there. And it's comforting in some ways. And it's so beautiful, especially when you can see the seven sister stars, the Pleiades, and the colors that they shine. Just really extraordinary. Or again, the constellations. So in this cold time, I would say also it's a great time to um, go to planetariums too and really take advantage of what you see in terms of, of the sky, the night skies. Can't say enough about that with Sagittarius coming into the time of night. And and again, not rather than fearing the night and going, oh, it's night is earlier and it's really difficult to just say, how do we how do we utilize the night? Because it you know, it will it will change, and we won't be here so much. Be adaptable. Use the mutable aspects of Sagittarius. Um, as we, as I said, as we thought we were where we would be, and where we find out where we are, and as well as how to manage some of the difficulties that we might feel from the cold and from the night. So, um, when those of you who see me um, when I'm complaining about the cold, remind me that I had. <laughs> a very lovely romantic idea about about the cold in the night. Um, so the few more features about this particular moon is also that remember that uh, our our incredible journey with Venus and Venus in um, uh, in Scorpio. So she's not done with us yet because on the second of December she went back into. Um, not really back into forward into um, Scorpio, and she's going to be there until January 7th. So she's going to go into that deep experience. But this time around, kind of think about it, you know, when you've been on a rocky road, like you drove on one and it was really harrowing, but then you know you're going back around it. So you kind of almost are interested in it. Like, oh yeah, I remember that that was kind of a a cool moment when we turned around the curve in the road, you know, or, or, um, that was a beautiful moment where I got to see where the water met the sky or something, um, that we're, we have a different feel about going through it because we've been through it. So, so I think as we still have a few more weeks with Venus there, even though we're at, like we say, Sagittarius is lifting us up to see the bigger picture. Venus is still asking us to, to look deeply into something. And I would say, the, the, the frame, if we look back in our calendar thing or our journaling, look uh, right around where we were in um, when we were in Halloween that time around um, October 30th, 
when we were like really deep in it, that we're going to really be revisiting that timing. So when you move through there, you might get some clarity or you, Venus, again, because that was retrograde and now she's direct, um, she might be saying, here's a second chance to make some adjustments on some decisions or some outlooks or some healing that you did. Remember the keynotes being relationships always with Venus about our heart, about our priorities, um, about the timing and about resources. So, you know, it, it, might be um, some information that we just couldn't see the forest from the trees because we were in the in the depth of it, and we might um, have an opportunity to really um, have a different sense about that. And again, um, with that deep understanding, because Sagittarius loves to look at what is truth, I want to say that Venus is going to say to us, start by telling yourself the truth. So I think Venus over the next few weeks is going to be saying, just start to be honest with yourself. Again, without judgment, but from a really deep, intuitive place of understanding. So that as you chart your course, we want to say, A, there is no, is there really one truth? Or is it a subjective truth? Is it our truth? And at the same time to say, well, let's start being, you know, really, really honest with ourselves because it's through that release and relief to be able to be allies with ourselves, to be honest in that way, we can really befriend ourselves. And that's the ultimate relationship that um, Venus is asking us, to have a relationship with our dark and our light, and to have a relationship with the divine, ourself as divine, and whatever we consider at the mystical level we ask for guidance with. And so, again, as we move to the features of this new moon, it invites us to say, in that befriending of ourselves in all ways and looking at light and dark to also say, what does it feel like? Because this is a sign, it's a fire sign. And most fire signs have a little bit more strength to them that I want to say Sagittarius to me and the Sagittarians I've met and just in where Sagittarius is in my chart. Um, I think Sagittarius is more about light than it is fire in some ways because it is so inspirational. And so it can kind of, it's more of that star energy um, as opposed to like a, you know, a, a fire uh, pit, you know, like a fire of, of just lighting a, lighting that, you know, sense of lighting the way with a torch. It does that, but it's also inside of us because of that inspiring nature. It's got that light energy that is more of the crown or top of our head or the mind or, you know, the crown uh, in, in that way of, of direct knowledge in that way. And so we need to be careful about the vulnerability in that sense. But also as it shines uh, and we shine around it, it does enhance ourselves. And so I think that that brings up that issue, especially for women, about our discomfort in being big, our discomfort of being seen, our discomfort of shining brightly. Because if either, what is that, the bigger the light, the greater the shadow, um, like the groundhog seeking his shadow. Um, and so I think in that way, as after the year that we've had, I think we need to own our light and own that, you know, what other people say about us is none of our business just to go, you know, whatever illusion or, or whatever might be like when we're around other people and whatever it brings up in our own shadow or our own light um, to really caution ourselves because Venus in Scorpio, one of the downsides is it can be a little bit more subject to envy or jealousy. And so if we if we find that coming out about other people in our lives shining brightly, or we feel that as other people have a projection around us, 
try to meet that with compassion and neutrality as we move through this time, because I think that's a really important thing to sort of write down and think about. Um, because we want to allow that brighter frequency within our being to really be experienced and um, and allow for this new moon that also kind of in light takes us through this whole year is um, to be accepting and embracing of how we do illuminate our own path and illuminate others and really feeling kind of optimistic or feel grateful for it. Um, as opposed to feeling diminished by it or that we have to put it under, um, what's that, you know, that song, This Little Light of Mine, putting it under a barrel or something like that, that we want to um, kind of shine more brightly through the to the limitation of adversity as opposed to feeling that we have to anymore justify it or, or work around it, you know, because we've just been through too much. Before we chart the future, let's look at what are the repetitive patterns that were shown to us that we don't want to take with us as we go into the new year. I think that's really important that we take that consideration of the next couple of weeks in this, in this moon. And just to say, as we're gathering the information about the whole year, and, and like I said, where did, where did this course correction happen that we're sort of trying to understand to just say, well, there are a couple of repetitive patterns that maybe we continue within our inside our being that are not meaningful or helpful to us. And so with that honesty, to really ask ourselves how to meaningfully correct those, not just to try to avoid them or pretend they're not there. Mars is starting a new two-year cycle and Mars is, because it's a warrior, it's got that blade of, you know, blade in there. So it's going to pierce the illusion of of some areas that we've really not felt clear about. Remember we talked about life's been a little foggy lately? Well, Mars being in Pisces is going to say, I'm going to pierce the illusion a little bit for us. I'm going to take the blade of truth. There's some goddesses that mythically walk around with swords. Even Kuan Yin, there's certain adaptations or, or you know, um, phases of Kuan Yin where she's, she's uh, you know, on a tiger with a sword. She's a truth teller. And so in that way to say, where are we noticing that the illusions are being pierced and that we can see through them now or the veils are lifting, but in a very particular way. Um, pay attention to those. Those are going to be in place around this new moon as well. And then we go into, uh, on 1221, we have the solstice, the winter solstice. And so again, that's that experience wherever, however, whatever kind of rituals you do around that time, um, I would encourage, you know, around whether it's building a fire and uh, and doing those rituals around light um, and all those those beautiful sorts of shifts that we make. And then right next to it, what's really potent is that on the 22nd is the full moon in Cancer. And that's the um, that's ruled by the moon. And so it's one of my favorite uh, full moons because it has to do with the fullness or the wholeness of the cosmic mother. So as women really relating to, again, that cosmic mother energy and even winter, we've talked about like those rewriting the uh, stories and the mythic story around instead of Father Christmas, Mother Christmas, or remembering that the reindeers, it was only the female reindeers that didn't lose their antlers. So it's really, in fact, the female reindeers, if we want to kind of get in touch with some of those stories that the female reindeers were lighting the way. So I'd like to laugh and say Rudolph was really Ruby and was really kind of charting our course and telling us. So those stories about Mother Christmas, if again, we believe in in those, that kind of uh, um, Nordic or Northern Island, you know, stories, the most important place we need to look to is within 
and look to um, as it relates to our own, um, you know, our own relationship with our inner and outer self, but from from us rather than interactive. And then we can have these experiences of interactions with one another. So I really feel that as we're in the Sagittarius moon uh, phase and as it, it bridges us from one year to another and from the west into the north and from uh, you know that experience of inner and then to a more metaphysical. So it's got the fire element and then moves us into the stillness, but also the wind and the spirit of that mystery. So it's, it's really a beautiful time of the year. And I think that it will finally give us a little bit of a cleansing and a purifying uh, element. So working with our breath and working with the fire and uh, letting go of the, um, you know, the harsher um, residue of what this year has, has uh, impacted and, and left us with. Thank you, Susan. I love what you said. Uh, a lot moves deep within what appears to be still. And I just keep coming back to that as you speak. And I wondered, you know, in this time of uh, more darkness and more stillness, though, of course, a lot of our holidays kind of counteract that. I wondered if you had any advice on how to embrace that stillness or even, you know, if you have any recommendations for a winter solstice ritual or things that people might do to kind of call in that energy instead of getting too swept up in like the buying and (laughs) visiting with people. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, some people do uh, have that old fashioned kind of making their gifts. So I think if you uh, if, if you are interested, like candle making or, you know, crafting, I mean, I know it can sound a little hokey, but uh, if, if you think about like that, those homemade gifts, um, and you did them like a little bit every day, that would be sort of an interesting experience of just taking time within yourself to say, I'm going to do for like an hour a day, I'm going to be making these gifts for other people. And then it's also like you're working with your hands and working with elements. And, you know, that's kind of cool if you if you have the time and inclination to do so. Um, so that would be kind of for those so, so inclined, I don't know that I would be one of those, but that would be a beautiful way to integrate a ritual that would take us into ourselves as we're creating something for, for that time. Um, but I would say, you know, to carve out a little bit of time, as I said, of just saying, um, rather than feeling like we're battling time to, if we take that headwind, you know, what's, what is it? Headwind or tailwind to more to say, you know, time is in our minds. Time can be anything. So just like when we meditate, it can feel very expansive to just say, it's really important that every day I have time to commune at night. I would very specifically do it, whether it's, I mean, if you're somebody who gets up really more early before the light, you know, before the sun rises or um, at the nighttime when it's quiet to just connect for a few minutes and just be in the stillness without any agenda and just feel the beauty of that. And whether you can look out of your window or go outside with a little blanket on or um, or just in the warmth of your home, just to connect with closing your eyes and imagining, like I say, the stars, where the moon phase is, I would really encourage everybody. There's apps you can get for the moon or you can, there's there's different ways now where we can just look, you know, if you have that ability to see where the where the moon is from where you live and every night, like where is it that you can go with, that's pretty easy to get to so that you can just really look at it when when it's possible when it's not raining or cloudy 
um, and then imagine it when it is. But be a moon chaser, be a moon gazer. This is a beautiful time of the year to really connect with that. So I'm, I'm saying in a kind of simple way um, to just just really get in sync with that experience. And I think as it builds to the full moon, what's beautiful and powerful about this particular solstice, because it's not always that true, is that with an almost full moon right there or a full moon arcing into that, um, the, the power of everything has come into wholeness or fullness. So I think having, if it's possible to have a circle of calling your, your friends to come together or a circle of your, of your, of your female friends and everybody coming together and creating, again, if you can create a fire and set and have a full experience of being around the fire. So you're creating a circle, having the wholeness, then having that experience of, of writing down different kinds of things that you're releasing for the year, um, and, or holding, um, a stick, you know, and, and imbuing it with your breath and with your intention and holding it with your hands and then sort of conveying into that stick uh, what you're letting go of and then placing it into and going to the to the directions of the fire and letting it go and then watching the fire eat that mulch, that offering, so to speak, so that you watch it transmute, you watch it dissolve. And then you do another round where you're calling in, like you're writing your wishes or you're writing your aspirations for the, for the year. And then you're also placing those into the fire. And then again, um, everybody at the end of that, um, each person taking turns commenting on what they see as the fire is changing. So you might see a shape in the fire, the colors of the fire as everybody put them in. Um, it's really quite beautiful. So you're interpreting, just like you can interpret water, when you look at it, you're interpreting um, the experience of gazing into the fire and what is the fire telling you. Um, and then at the very end, everybody can have some, just like at the beginning and at the end, if you have some herbs that you work with, that you're offering those um, in a way of gratitude to the spirit of the of the fire that you know, um, took the, the power and mulched all of that you were releasing and then watching the smoke as it's giving it or transmuting it up to the heavens or to the prayers that are being answered or delivered um, in that fire. It's a really beautiful experience when you're outside, but also if you're in your uh, fireplace, it's, it's also just as mystical to watch the shifts and the changes of the fire. It's very, very powerful. So um, encourage everyone, you know, to do that. Um, also, I would say as a practice over the course of the month or in certainly in the winter solstice is working with candles as well. And there's one practice that I would recommend to do with, a, let's say you have a friend who's into doing some mystical things, is you can get like more of the, the candles that are not, not in a glass, but what are those called? Tapered candles. And um, uh, you can, uh, or, you know, thicker, but outside of that, that you can hold. And when you, so when you have the candle in your hand, you can um, put the candle and walk around your partner. So being very careful, and of course, of their hair and, you know, and their clothes, um, but gentle, like moving into their energy field. And so you're walking around with a lit candle and you're just allowing in a way, a, a cleansing and a purifying of their energy field with with the candle, with the gentle little fire of the candle. So does that make sense? Yeah. Like you, you would, you would light the candle. Your, your, your partner would just close your eyes and you would ask, you would just be a vehicle like a, uh, uh, for the candle. So you would gently walk around their energy field. And as you're walking around them, 360 around their bodies, 
you're just gently moving the fire as the candlestick wherever it needs to go. And then when it's complete, you know, you ask then you're the person that you worked on, they'll blow the candle out and place it. And then they can continue to then from then on for the rest of the lunation or whatever it might be. They'll then use that with their personal practice. So if somebody did that for you, you would take that candle home and then you would light it when you were doing your writings or your meditations or your, you know, if you were working with Tarot or something like that. So that it, it just continued with the beginning of that, that healing or that working with your energy field with light. Um, as we talked about, like sort of calling in the the light of the, as we talked about the star map, working with your light body to cleanse it, heal those and clear those um, repetitive patterns that we're letting go of at an energetic level. And then the magic of the season where we're continuing to light the candle very effortlessly as a way of continuing the healing and the and uh, continuing continuing that experience of of casting the glow on um, on the charting of the course that we're having for this time of year. So that's that's a practice that I think can be beautiful and it can be woven throughout the this month. That sounds wonderful. I love that idea of using the light to purify and ignite, you know, more yeah, our our light body or the body that's yeah, beyond the physical. That makes so much sense to me. Thank you for that. Absolutely. And actually I I, I had this beautiful opportunity of of working with this couple that came from, um, they're Brazilian and they were healers and, um, it's part of a bigger practice that they worked with, but it was just gorgeous, um, to, to have that experience of working with the candles as diagnostic as well. And because when the candles would burn down the, the, whatever the shapes of the candle wax inside the, let's say if it was held in a certain container, then you would you would gaze on the candle wax also as the shape of it to give you information around what was in need of healing. And so that was really interesting also. So yeah, it's, it's a beautiful practice that um, different parts, different um, healers uh, uh, and shamans work with in, in different parts of the world. And so I think utilizing that uh, in this timing with the Sagittarius new moon and working with fire and working, but the light of the fire um, in those gentle ways can be very, very, very powerful. Mm, thank you so much. And so, yeah, as we close, I'm curious if there's any final bit of advice that you want to share with us as we go into this month and yeah, anything else you think we should know? <laughs> um, I would just say that, that it's, it truly is an uplifting time um, as I spoke about, it's a time of personal evolution and breakthrough. I think we'll be lifting out, although it might still feel like a lot of chaotic energies, because like I said, we're just still going to feel, uh, certainly when we go into the holidays, that can also be very chaotic. And, you know, even though it, whatever that might trigger for all of us, um, I would I would ask us all to be aware of something bigger afoot. Um, but there is, the other thing is, is, you know, kind of people are asking me, and I, I say that with, with some humor because I, I know about as much as all of us, um, that, you know, are, are we done with this year? Are we done with all the, you know, the chaos and everything? And to say, uh, sort of, but not really, in the sense that we talked about this time, this year and we talked about this Venus retrograde as um, that it's changed us forever somehow, just like a really, something that we've been through that's really big for us, um, you know, changes us forever. And it, 
it impacts, maybe making us a little wiser, maybe making us a little less naive. Um, so I think there is something that we need to say that we're maybe a little less naive, um, but it doesn't mean we have to be cynical. So it is a time of lifting out of a chaos while there, you know, there still might not feel like the kind of clarity that we'd like, but there's no way out of the work. Um, that is just the more we embrace that to, to really grow, we have to take responsibility to do our own work. And we know that, that where we are in the world today requires us to continue to do our personal work and to be part of that change. That it's not something that we can, like, if we just want to, you know, put a co couple cool sayings up there on Instagram, it means that we've done the work. You know, it's like we really got to take personal accountability and continue that process. I think the difference is, like I talked about with Venus going direct and Scorpio, we start to sort of get into it as collaborators and co-creators. And we, we, the more we own it, the more we feel like, hey, we, we feel good about it, you know, because we've put our time into it. And we feel, uh, hopefully, a sense of accomplishment in process and then occasionally accomplishment in outcome. So I, I think right now let's just take a, take a break from all that and do a little, like we said, um, stargazing. We do have our feet in the ground, but we also have our eyes up to the sky. You know, that can be a, a beautiful kind of experience. Hmm. Thank you so much, Susan. And thank you listeners for tuning in and for being part of this community. And for those of you who may want to learn more about Susan's work, tell us where people can find you, Susan. And I know you also have a very exciting retreat coming up that has just a few spots, maybe one or two left. So yeah, yeah, definitely. We're really excited about that, but we would so love to have our Moonwise sisters with us um, for that retreat. And uh, so if you'd like to connect with me um, or stay connected through the course of the month, uh, feel free to email me at susan at everydaymedicinewoman.com or visit my website, Everyday Medicine Woman. That's the same name for the Facebook page. And my Instagram is Susan Lipschutz. And all of those um, platforms also have information about the retreat. It's going to be over Mother's Day weekend in Santa Fe. So we're really excited about using that um, opportunity with spring to uh, allow what wants to come forth and be birthed within us all together as we remother and nourish ourselves and come into a new paradigm together. So if you feel called to do that, um, really encourage you to come with us. It's as Yes, we have a couple slots left and mm -hmm. we might have the good fortune of, of getting a couple more rooms. So even if you get on there and it looks like that there isn't um, availability, just email us and, and we could hopefully um, manifest that for you. Uh, Sagittarius is definitely, a, and, and Jupiter and Sag is a manifesting energy. So hopefully we can make that happen. Um, and uh, uh, if you feel called to be with us, I really hope that you will. And again, as we talked about before, always give that pay it forward to our beautiful Dorothee for all the wonderful um, material uh, and information that she offers in her uh, very generous programming for this and other wonderful, wonderful podcasts and uh, materials that she offers and her beautiful um, teas and her beautiful potions that she offers us that we can continue to offer healing and inspiration for us at a physical and metaphysical level. 
Thank you so much, Susan. And I almost forgot to mention that uh, for Winter Solstice, I created a playlist of some of my favorite music for all of you, which I've posted up on Patreon. So you can go to patreon.com slash moonwise to check that out. And I created it because I get a lot of questions about what my favorite music is, or people are searching for female or magical or kind of witchy musical artists. And so I've put together all my favorite ones in one playlist that I kind of imagine Imagine people could listen to while they were maybe doing a winter solstice ritual or sitting by the fire or having dinner, you know, in the, in this winter time. So I hope that you all enjoy that. What a perfect twinning with our um, nightly gazing of the moon. We can just kind of put that in our, uh, you know, on our playlist and off we go. Uh, have a beautiful, yeah, a beautiful soundscape. All right, everybody. We'll see you in a month. Happy New Year and happy solstice and happy new moon. And uh, uh, we're just so grateful for all of you. So lots and lots of love. Thank you for listening to the show. If you'd like to listen to a very special winter solstice magic playlist I created, you can find it on Patreon, where you'll also get access to bonus offerings related to Moonwise episodes and other treats. Join us at patreon.com slash moonwise for the playlist, which features 13 songs from my favorite artists who are tapped into nature, spirit, and beauty. I hope you enjoy them over a winter solstice ritual, a dance party, or a cozy evening by the fire. And if you haven't heard our recent episode about radical self-care, I recommend giving it a listen. In the episode, I talk with Reiki healer and entrepreneur Mariam Muna about her journey from corporate America to creating a brand of soul care products infused with magic. We discuss why homogenous portrayals of wellness are often harmful for us and how we can begin to free ourselves from internal messages that hold us back. Mariam also shares a beautiful guided meditation that you won't want to miss. Listen to that episode and our previous episodes at moontent.co or subscribe to the Moonwise podcast on iTunes. Our theme music is by Sophie Cooper from her album Rewilding, available on Bandcamp. See you next time.